is the Hey Presley podcast, and you're listening to another edition of Bite Size Sunday, where I break down how to build habits and give you quick tips that you can easily apply to your life this week. Today, I'm going to talk to you about something very close to my heart, and I promise I'll keep it short and to the point while still packing lots of helpful and practical tips in there. So let's dive right in. So for some background, I have battled and continued to a wide variety of health issues in my 24 years on earth, cancerous stomach issues and autoimmune disease, endometriosis, leaky gut, severe hormone imbalances, the list goes on. And I tell you this because the tips I'm going to give you today are taken from my firsthand very own experience. I actually wrote this, this podcast episode in in the list on one of my harder to get through days because it gives me an outlet to express what I wish that I knew along the way and what I would wish that a dear friend would know or a family member if they ever found themselves not feeling well. And while some of my battles are more serious or less serious than others, that's far from the point. You are made to perfectly feel really good. You've been given the ability to breathe and exercise eat and laugh and play and work and drink and explore all as a part of the beautiful human experience. And it drives me crazy when people say, I just have stomach aches and I can't blame them. I used to think the same thing when I was younger, that I was just born with a sensitive stomach and that I was meant to just deal with it, not make it better or realize that something less obvious could be causing it. But now I know, and I want you to know that you do not just have stomach aches. You do not just crash every day at 2 p.m. You do not just get headaches. You don't just get congested first thing in the morning or have back pain. Those are all products of something else that's going on. And I want to say that if you are battling something painful right now or or routinely battling something tough, I just want to say that I'm sorry from the bottom of my heart. And while everyone's circumstances and resources and pain tolerance and body is so different, The fact is that it's tough and I'm here for you. So I'll pause here real quick. If you're someone who isn't living your healthiest, happiest life because of something going on with your body and you just don't care to, and you're complacent and you would just rather live with the discomfort than work on it, then that's okay. But this episode probably isn't for you, which is fine. But if you think taking a pain reliever every day is normal or that thriving means pretending that you're not having the symptoms that you are. I hope you realize through my conversations with you or in your own time, whenever you're ready, that you are meant for more than that. So why do we live with these things that impact our quality of life? I think we can all agree that finding out what's wrong and getting the right help is not a process for the faint of heart. Dozens of doctor's appointments, insurance calls, co-pays, tests that lead to more tests. It's exhausting. No wonder we're all scarred from the process and just decide to live with it. But again, I would argue that that's giving up on yourself, which your health is far too valuable to give up on that easily. And while I could spend a whole podcast talking about the healthcare system, we'll save that for another time. I'm not saying that the road to feeling your best is easy. Heck, it's challenging to say the least, but it's so worth it. And you can make it easier with the tips I'm about to share with you. Today, I'm going to tell you my five ways to be your own health advocate, tried and tested through my own health journey. Let's do it. Number one, follow up, follow up, follow up. When you're leaving the appointment and the doctor says, we'll call you to schedule that test, you ask when. You'll probably get a generic answer, at which point you can ask, 
Or if I don't hear by what date, when should I call back to check on it? And then depending on the day or situation, you could offer a day. Like, how about I check back on Thursday if I don't hear anything? This is only half of it though. Then you need to put that in your calendar. If he says, follow up on Thursday, then Friday morning, you better schedule a meeting with yourself in your calendar to call back and find out what's going on. Don't expect the doctor or the doctor's office to remember you among the hundreds of patients they're keeping track of because mistakes happen. And don't expect yourself to try and remember to follow up. Just take the two seconds to cover your basis. Worst case, you're ultra prepared and call back for an update. Best case, they call you before then and you can delete that meeting from your calendar. It's a win-win. And on that note, don't be afraid to ask questions at any point to make sure that you're as crystal clear as you can be. And I'll give you a quick example. So I fractured my foot a couple months ago, and recently the doctor ordered me a follow-up MRI to see how it's healing. And he told me at my appointment that he wanted both the foot and ankle looked at in the MRI. So when the MRI place called me to schedule the test, they referred to it as my foot MRI. Just to be certain, I asked, you have noted that my ankle will be looked at too, right? And the answer was no. So I called my doctor back, and somewhere in the process, the second part of the MRI to look at my ankle was left out. A new MRI had to be ordered to include both my foot and my ankle, so my appointment had to be changed. And had I not asked that clarifying question, I would have taken time off work to get an MRI done that was only half of what I actually needed. Close call. And if you think that's not a big deal... I commend your patience, but when you are juggling lots of doctor's appointments or leading a super busy schedule, like I know many of you are, you want to waste as little time as possible. Number two, keep detailed records. If you're as type A as me, a spreadsheet is a good place for this. Depending on how many appointments you have, you could track the dates of each, but with how many I've had, I usually just leave them in my calendar and then I can easily search them in my calendar for reference. But at the very least, you need to keep track of the doctors and the general takeaways, next steps, etc. in some kind of organized fashion. Furthermore, you got to track your symptoms. If someone tells you that they're kind of fit, you have no idea what that means. It's entirely broad and dependent on the person that it's coming from. Like when people tell me they eat well, that's so subjective that I couldn't tell you anything about their diet or what they need based on that information. So if you tell your doctor that your stomach hurts sometimes or that you get headaches now and then, what are they supposed to do with that info? Does now and then mean once a week or most days? So just create the data. We'll use headaches for this example. Every time you get a headache, jot down the time, the day, and any other related information that you can, like if it was near a meal or a workout or without caffeine, etc. Something is better than nothing. And I promise not only will your doctor take you more seriously when you come armed with this info to your appointment, but it will save you time and money and hassle going through the ringer, trying numerous things when you can be more systematic with your approach. Number three, nail the basics. It's like that sign you might've seen that says you're basically a houseplant with complicated emotions. I'm not saying that the simple stuff is going to fix whatever you're experiencing, but heck it might. And at the very least, it'll make sure that whatever you do implement works better than it would have otherwise. I can promise you that. So basics, I'm talking about water, sleep, and sunlight. Water, get at least half your body weight in ounces minimum per day and more if you exercise regularly. 
I did a whole bite-sized Sunday episode on water and how to get more of it in, so check that out for more detail. But just know that if you're dehydrated, you're certainly not helping your cause. Number two, sleep. I'm planning to do a bite-sized Sunday on this one soon, actually. But until then, just know that sleep is the foundation of everything else. Your effort in the gym, your awesome diet, the water you're drinking, none of it will be as effective if you're not sleeping. And if you don't think you can get more hours... I would encourage you to take a hard look at your schedule, write it out 15 minute increments at a time, all the things that you do from noon on in an average day. You may find that you're not as busy as you think you are, which means there's availability to shift things around and get to bed earlier. And if you do find that your time is that full, just confidently say to yourself, all of these things are more important to me than my health and feeling better. And look, I get it. Sometimes things come up last minute. And sometimes you just want to hang out with your kids and watch TV, and that is really valuable. Almost nothing health-related is black and white. But doing that exercise can be really helpful to make sure that whatever you are doing most of the time is actually a priority and things that aren't otherwise preventing you from getting to bed earlier. Once you've done that, you need to maximize the quality of those hours. So don't look at a screen before bed, which means phones, TVs, computers. Make your room as cold and dark as possible. Invest in comfy pillows and sheets. And try something relaxing before bed, like meditation or deep breathing, stretching or reading, and so forth. Lastly, sunlight. Vitamin D is something that many of us are lacking. Yes, even in sunny Arizona, because we never go outside because it's so dang hot, hence the problem. And sunscreen is important, of course, so don't overexpose your skin. But make sure you're soaking up some rays, even if it's 10 minutes on your lunch hour, to improve that nutrient absorption as well as your mood and your overall health. Number four, have your diet dialed in. I don't mean you have to be eating perfectly clean, but if you don't know what you're sensitive to, that should be the top of your priority list. And I don't just mean the, when I have dairy, my stomach kind of bubbles or my skin breaks out. That's helpful, but that doesn't address what's making your gut and therefore your body unhappy and fostering a poor environment for healing. Note that allergies are different than sensitivities. So sensitivities are more prolonged reactions and often manifest in the form of long-term side effects like skin issues, gut problems, fatigue, headaches, and so forth, whereas allergies are more immediate and like often life-threatening reactions, like your throat closes up or you can't breathe. You can often get a food sensitivity test ordered through your doctor, and you definitely can through a naturopath and some chiropractors, or you can use something like Everlywell, which is a mail-in service. If that's not in your budget or you just really like self-experimentation, which I love, Try an elimination diet like Whole30. I like that one because it's so popular that there's a lot of resources for it, but there's a whole gamut of similar ones. Just make sure it's something where you collectively take out foods that commonly cause sensitivities for a period of time and then bring them back in one at a time. If you think you might know what food is bugging you, you can take that out for just a period of time and bring it back in, leaving everything else the same, but then the variables won't stay the same, so that can be challenging. If your body doesn't love eggs and peanut butter, and you only take one out because you think you might be sensitive to it, you won't notice the difference because you're taking them out one at a time and still having the other. If something is going on with your body, the logical first step is to start with what you are putting in your body. The gut is the foundation to everything else going on inside, and if you're regularly eating something that your body doesn't agree with, you'll potentially end up taking other medications or looking for other treatments that you might not even need, which also waste time and money and emotions and energy. If the remedy is right there on your dinner plate, let's find that out first. Lastly, I'm just going to say it. You have to have a positive attitude. 
You can wake up every day and be the victim of your circumstances, or you can wake up and attack the day seeking a better life for yourself. Life is tough, and we all have obstacles we're battling, often that people know nothing about. But I can promise you that being down on yourself, thinking about how much your situation sucks, thinking negatively about what's going on, that will not do you any favors. You have to face the reality of the situation, but that doesn't give you the right to be rude to doctors or nurses or front desk staff, even when it seems like they're treating you like a number. You need to believe that you are going to feel better every single day, waking up confident that you are going to feel better. And if you don't, you certainly can't expect anyone else to believe it for you. It's not always our doing what happens to us. It's often a product of longtime habits, our environment, our genes, or something else completely. But it is our responsibility to own it and make the best life for ourselves. I hope that you treat your body every day like it belongs to somebody you love. That's it, gang. Five things that are must-dos if you are currently navigating the road of trying to feel better. Follow up and ask questions. Keep detailed records of your symptoms. Nail the basics like water intake, sleep quality, and sun exposure. Find out what foods you're sensitive to. And keep your chin up and your heart full of gratitude always. If you know someone who would benefit from this episode, please forward it to them. And if this impacted you, I would love to hear your thoughts or what you took away. Because again, this info comes straight from my own experience and trials. And it is my hope that it can benefit someone else on their journey. Don't forget, in the show notes of this episode, I included a recap of these tips and any links that I mentioned that you may find helpful. Secondly, if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast because I have lots of good stuff coming up and I don't want you to miss out. And lastly, thank you so much for tuning in. If you have any questions for me, suggestions for the show, or just want to spread the love, find me on Instagram at HeyPresley or head over to HeyPresley.com slash podcast. Until next time, continue living your healthiest, happiest life, and we'll chat soon.